Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Oh, boy. I'm sorry. I, I was really and have been pretty good at uh, not beginning these programs with a, with a sigh. But, <laughs> guys, um, I think the word – I had trouble even getting myself out of bed today because I think the word is exhaustion. I mean, just exhaustion. Yesterday, for some reason, uh, seemed to bring with it uh, such horrific news at such a constant pace that I, I you know, you, you, you try, I don't know, I shut down. I shut down. I cannot... I don't want to learn any more names of beautiful black men murdered, murdered in the streets by police, by racist, uh, self-appointed guardians of uh, the neighborhood by I don't want to see another white woman hysterically uh, being terrified of a of a of a black man and threatening to uh, call the police on him and we know what happens when that occurs I can't I can't, I can't, I fear our country is, is unmasked in such a way that, God, I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm, I, You know, there's um, there are a lot of uh, memes, I guess, going around today about taking a knee, Colin Kaepernick kneeling, putting his knee on the ground. Look what happened. Look at the uproar. And he was doing it to protest. Exactly what happened in Minneapolis, where a police officer took a knee. There are Americans who have no problem with that cop putting his knee on the neck of an innocent black man and keeping it there while he pleaded for his life. Oh, but we've got a big problem with Colin Kaepernick taking a knee on the turf to protest such extrajudicial killing targeted murders of American citizens. I'm exhausted. And I'm a white woman of privilege. I'm exhausted. I cannot conceive of the exhaustion of black Americans. God. There is no way 
for anybody now to ignore this. I've always called it a sin. It's worse. It's a crime against humanity of the racism that runs through the blood of this country. Spills the blood of countless innocent people of color. I despair. And then all of it laid atop the vile, the vile, repellent man who we elected, we did, I know you didn't, I didn't, we as a nation elected as our representative, think of that. I'm exhausted and I am sickened and I am beyond anger. I'm beyond despair. I am I don't know. I'm too weak a vessel to handle the reality. I am a lot of us are some who are too weak instead engage in creating whole new realities more akin to their comfort level, to their unwillingness to look in a mirror. And imagine this. Imagine if we didn't all have cell phones now. Would anyone know? Would anyone, would we all have been able to witness with our own eyes time and time and time again? the reality of being black in America. I don't know. We are a nation (laughs) in name only. We are not in any way a a country that has common values anymore. Our very name is a joke. The United States of America. It was a dream. It was a dream hatched in Philadelphia. It was aspirational. It always was. And sometimes we, as a nation, were better, much better at moving toward that aspiration of United States of America with a shared value system in our better moments, and we've had some. But oh my. We've been overtaken 
by the internal rot. The greed and self selfishness that we have been schooled in by our economic system. That workers are called human capital stock by a presidential advisor. Not even humans, really. Human capital stock. 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 To be exploited. To be used. To be discarded. The what has happened to the sense of what Christianity always meant is something else that has helped drive us down. The Christian right. The perversion of Christianity in the pursuit of political power. I don't know. I do know only that I am exhausted. I mean, am I supposed to do what we do here? I'm supposed to, yeah, go through my scraps of paper that I have sitting here. Yeah. I'm supposed to, oh, yes, note with some surprise that the Wall Street Journal that has aided and abetted the current administration throughout its reign of destruction actually clutched a pearl or two on its editorial page today about the president's behavior after giving him all kinds of, yes, I know it's true that he is, um, oh, yes, and, uh, excuses, 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 and then ends with this. And what got them finally upset enough to write what I'm about to read is his accusations that a that Joe Scarborough murdered an intern of his. And the Wall Street Journal today says, after telling Trump they don't think this is a good idea, that it's not true. I mean, nobody particularly thinks this is true. The Wall Street Journal says, we don't write this with any expectation that Mr. Trump will stop. Perhaps he even thinks this helps him politically, though we can't imagine how. But Mr. Trump, and here it is, Mr. Trump is debasing his office and he's hurting the country. Whoa. Well, that ought to get a tweet or two. Twitter, 
Facebook. It's like there I think of them now all as like big shovels that are working overtime to dig the grave of this of this country. Digging it deeper and deeper and deeper. All right. Oh, that was just... Um, I, I do have a headline that I happened to see the other day that sort of, to me, just says it all about the loathsomeness of our nation now. This is a headline from Bloomberg News. Quandary for high flyers. How to travel safely to your yacht. What, I said? Well, I'll give you the first sentence of the piece. It's a modern quandary for the ultra-wealthy. A yacht awaits at harbor. But how to safely reach it without risking exposure to the germ-ridden masses? You know, the... Um, That human stock that uh, is now being forced to go back uh, to work at risk to its very life, lives. Anyway, this story is about the fact that the ultra-rich have found a, um, a company. I'm not even going to. Well... Vistajet, it, it has a solution for these people who can't quite figure out how to get to their moored yachts without touching something or having to deal with an unwashed person worth less than $100 billion. Yes, Vistajet has a solution. And it's a solution born out of demand. Ah, yeah, the marketplace. There was a demand for a solution to this horrible problem of how to get to my yacht. And Vistajet came in and said, not to worry. We will allow you to reserve a freshly sanitized jet to fly them to their yacht. What? How do you... F anyway, that's uh, Bloomberg News. Don't know. And... Um, On, uh, let me see, little Tony writes, excuse me, I'm just a little, as I said, I'm, I'm just exhausted. I'm sorry because I'm living in such relative peace and comfort in this country that's become a hellhole for far too many. Little Tony writes, as far as the cops killing the man with his knee, the cops losing their jobs is not enough. They have to be tried for murder. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. You know how that always goes. They didn't need to suffocate the man to restrain him. No. He was restrained for some horrible crime he hadn't committed other than living while black. Tony says, I've never seen anything like it. Well, I think we've seen far too much like it. 
I can't watch these things. Snuff films. It doesn't seem, I'm sure you could argue both sides to show George Floyd, this latest dead black man, to show him respect, maybe we should. He endured it. Maybe we should be able to watch it. On the other hand, I'm not sure it is respectful to witness, to watch a man die. I know he died. I can't bear the sound. I hear his voice in my head. Well, little Tony is feeling like I did. My God, I think we're doomed as a nation. I can't believe we've devolved to this level. Trump is a monster. He set the tone for all of this. Well, I'll tell you this. I think, little Tony, that Trump is really the embodiment of what ails us. We were this nation that we now see so clearly before he was elected or else he wouldn't have gotten elected. So Trump is more the personification of our devolution, of our rot. If a president is the true representative of a people, it can be argued that Donald Trump is the perfect representation of this sick nation. White, bloated, monstrous, uncaring, unfeeling, stupid, incapable of dealing with reality, of seeing what is in front of him. I want to note, and I'm not sure, and I forgot to tell Amy, my producer, um, it is possible that Ryan Dito's calling in today. I don't know. I didn't. I forgot to follow up with him. He has a very uh, interesting piece in uh, Pittsburgh City Paper, which is out today, about the uh, essentially the the death. <laughs> of another institution, a local institution, that once was, I guess, great. It was before my time. And is now pretty loathsome. And um, anyway, it's about uh, KDK Radio and what's become of it. He might, I'm not sure, but he might be stopping by to talk a little bit about that. It's all part and parcel of the same thing. And part and parcel of the same thing, this too that I saw, let me find it, uh, from uh, the Wall Street Journal today. And... Please let me find this. 
it's about how why don't I have it here? It's about how um Facebook at one point um had and this is like a few years ago had some kind of a a, a team uh, created to look into its uh its algorithms to see if in fact they were um causing a greater division <laughs> What what they did is they looked into their algorithms and, oh, lo and behold, found that the way uh, Facebook uh, worked, it was, in fact, creating more and more division in the country. I can't find it, so you'll have to rely on my, my foggy memory. And um, it was very clear. Uh, about that and and you might recall that when this uh came out it it was news and i believe uh mark zuckerberg uh even before uh, a congressional committee um acknowledged this uh internal uh report and said they took it very seriously and they will be looking at ways to uh you know correct it ameliorate it he did not want his wonderful invention of a book to uh, act as such a divisive force. Um, well, this is a front page Wall Street Journal piece, and it now uh, it, it flat out says that after Zuckerberg's uh, very public uh, statements of concern. What really happened is they shelved the report and did absolutely nothing. If anything, doubled down. You know why? Because they make money on that division. You know I'm not a believer in heaven and hell. But boy, I sometimes daydream that if there is a hell, can you imagine all of these people, all of these people whose whose actions are so destructive, how they will find themselves there. Um, Roger writes, I turned off yesterday morning's news after watching for about 10 minutes. You and your sister yesterday, yes, we did, miraculously avoided heavy topics. And that carried me through until noon. Then I proceeded to plummet into the depths of negativity. And like you, I feel exhausted. How do I get rid of this weight? You are wrong when you ask, how can we ignore what's happening? Of course, these hateful and deadly events will be soon forgotten. Well, yeah, because everything gets forgotten, if it even registers anymore. So overwhelmed are we. It's that overwhelmed thing that leads to our exhaustion. The hits just keep on coming. Things that would have created, a, you know, massive national swooning and introspection just four years ago. Now don't even get, you don't even do a, a, a pause. You, you don't even do a, you know, a, what, what was that? No, nothing. Nothing. There'll be more black men that we'll see saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Amazing. I'm sorry, Roger says, my shoulders slump. 
I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm white. I'm male. I'm privileged. I'm tired, too. Yeah, add on to all that, then this sense of, like, you know, I don't even talk about it. I was going to say guilt, fine. All us white people can wallow in our guilt. It doesn't do anybody any good. Do we just continue, says Roger, to hope that COVID infects the yahoos? Mm -hmm. Uh, No, COVID doesn't, no, no, you know, doesn't ask for your, you registered Republican or a Democrat? Who'd you vote for in the last election? You white, you black? COVID does sort of ask more than not, are you rich or are you poor? Because the rich have the resources, if they care to use them, to shield themselves. The poor, more than often, do not. They go to work. They now are essential. Yeah. Roger says, I'm angry too. Anger wears on me too. Yeah, it's all, well, these are all negatives, all negatives. Because we are leaderless in a time of extraordinary chaos and fear and crisis. We are worse than leaderless. Because we have leaders who, well, it's not right to call them leaders. We have, I think, truly evil men, mostly, with the power now of our executive branch, of much of our legislative branch, of much of our judiciary, of many of our state houses and governors. And we voted them all in. We voted them all in. Barbara sends me this, which she said is also in the Wall Street Journal. Surprising. In a minute, Barbara. It just disappeared on me. Tuesday, November 3rd, 2020, will determine whether or not the nation chooses to work for the survival as a representative democracy or adopts full-fledged fascism. Where the hell's that in the New York Times? I mean, in the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, well, that I sort of see that as our choice, November 3rd. We either claw back and try to reclaim our damaged, and always imperfect democracy. Or we surrender to what clearly is fascistic autocracy. Because these guys aren't even pretending anymore. I must say, and I... I have said it before, November 3rd is not the end. My fear is November 4th, even if we are able to resoundingly repudiate this administration at the polls, which of course is problematic, given you see the busy work they're doing now to prevent people from voting, to prevent uh, mail-ins, to uh, charge fraud where none exists, 
to do everything in their excellent attitude. They've been doing it. My gosh. Again, ask black people. Ask black people how smart some of these guys are at keeping people from voting. And we used to be able to appeal to an independent judiciary often when they got a little too out of hand. But see now that they pack the judiciary, our appeals go to judges who've been chosen to check it off on a little, oh yes, no, that's one of ours. Okay. No, that's okay. That looks constitutional to me. I don't see a problem here. Don't want to get too uh, uh, activist, do we? So there's that. And um, I know Paul writes uh, today of, um, you know, if you've gotten these postcards uh, in the mail, I'm talking to you, uh, Pittsburghers, uh, if you're intending to vote in person on uh, next month in the primary, the odds of you being able to do so at your usual polling place are not great. I mean, everything has been consolidated. So that in this large uh, uh, ward that I live in, the 14th, where God knows how many polling places there are, there will be just one. Now, I'm assuming most of you already voted, as have I, by mail. And that's why they've been able to consolidate. They wanted everybody to vote by mail because they don't have enough poll workers, the people who do not want to risk their lives as they were forced to do in Wisconsin to vote in their primary. So just be cognizant of it, aware, and I think you still have time to get in a mail uh, ballot. Um, some people are suggesting this is a kind of voter suppression. I can assure you that the Democratic, uh, you know, uh, uh, governance of uh, the city and county do not want to suppress. They're trying. They're trying to deal with this health, public health crisis. Um, heavens. And then uh, little Tony says, I'm sorry, this, well, it's not off topic now. He says, I sent my ballot application in over a week ago and still haven't received my ballot. You know what? I have to tell you, I did see something about how there is a backlog. They've never had so many requests. And um, I guess they're just working 24-7 trying to get, I, you'll get it, I think. You'll get it. They're going to make this uh, work. But yeah, they are way backed up. So the minute you get it, you got to fill it out. Be careful with the instructions. Do it right or your ballot won't count and send it in. Okay? Tony's afraid. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, that he's not going to get it in time. Uh, I, I, I can't. Well, I don't know. I hope the ballot comes today. I wish I had done the application online. I'll let you know. Well, do keep us uh, apprised. It will be uh, good to know. Uh, uh, Father Joseph is, I didn't know him uh, among his, his many and uh, talents. He's also a cheerleader. Up, He's... <laughs> Eh, ain't gonna ain't gonna work, Father Joseph. He writes this, Lynn, and this I'm sure and to all of you too who are suffering like I am today. He says, "Have courage." <laughs> I'm trying. Keep advocating for the good. This too shall pass. Yeah, but then what comes? You know, whenever we say that, this too shall pass, we're always assuming that something better will come or we'll go back to what we know. 
And it could be, yes, this will pass. And it'll pass. I'm sorry. I'm a total, total pessimist right now. And you can, you can cheer all you want. I can't feel it. Father Joseph, okay, I'll stop. I'll just read your email. Throughout the ages, societies have suffered demagoguery. But in the midst of those times, there have always been better angels. Yeah. People who knew better, who did better, who made us better. We can do this. All right. I have to tell you, I'm I'm suppressing voices in my head because I I know that we have no choice but to do this. We can do this. We must do this. I know that, but I I can't help it. I am made in such a way that I despair. I'm exhausted. I will keep working. But I'm not kidding myself that the potential for failure is very much there. And I'm not kidding myself that even if we get rid of this particular administration, we still are left with the 40% of our country men and women who believe him, who follow him, who love his ugliness, his bullying, his incivility. They see it as strength. Those people are all still our neighbors. Yes, they've always been a part of America. But we've, we do have to push them back. And I realized I left something unsaid that I was trying to say before and must have derailed myself, which is so often the case. But I did want to say that November 3rd, um, even if we do vote him out, my worry, and I've said this before, is what happens between November 4th and January 20th. Because he's still in office. Look at him now. Can you imagine what he will do? And he will have the full powers of his office. Now, any honorable president uh, has certainly not, who's been voted out, has not used that time to do as much damage as they can. But we know this man, this man will. And I'm not sure what will be left undamaged for him to damage at that point. But, yeah, I hope I'm not getting you down. Hey, I got an idea. I got to tell you something fascinating. Do you, this has nothing to do with you know who. Okay. Uh, thank you, Father Joseph. You've sort of at least gotten me to shut up about it. Um, I did share with you yesterday this wonderful story of what goes on inside a cocoon. Um, and it's so bizarre how we're all taught at a very young age about the caterpillar who goes into this cocoon or chrysalis and uh, comes out a butterfly. And it's such magic and it's so amazing. And, and it still is. I mean, it's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, of all the extraordinary, unbelievable stuff that goes on in nature, that's got to be one of the more mind-blowing ones. And I just have um, another little bit of information to share with you. 
about it. It's mind-blowing. So what we learned from yesterday is the the caterpillar essentially um, digests itself. It just it turns itself into this primordial goo, uh, which has within it the stuff that then creates the butterfly. And I was told by my nephew yesterday that one of the things that survives from the caterpillar to the butterfly is memory. Impossible, I said. What do you mean? First of all, how do you, caterpillars have memories? (laughs) And who would know, how do you determine that a caterpillar who has a memory of something and then dissolves into goo and out comes a butterfly that that butterfly then retains the memory of the caterpillar? How do you find that out? You can't ask them. So here's what they did. A scientist, you know, often scientists do things that seem a little cruel, but a scientist had a bunch of caterpillars and she put them in some kind of a container with a horrid smell. A smell the caterpillars definitely did not like. And whenever they were put in the thing with the horrible smell, they would also, as if they weren't being tortured enough, be zapped with a little bit of a, I don't know, electric jolt. I can't imagine it would be much or you'd kill them. And they would do this over and over again. So the caterpillar, as, as you know, Pavlov's dogs kind of stuff, knows that, uh-oh, here's that smell, and uh-oh, I think I'm going to get zapped. So it was smell, zap, smell, zap, smell, zap, until as soon as the smell happened, the caterpillars would, like, run. Get me out of here. I know what's coming next. And so these caterpillars went on and gotten their little chrysalises. And the butterflies, moths actually, that came out were grabbed and subjected to the smell. And man, they went berserk. They knew exactly what was coming. So out of that goo comes one of the things that survives, that carries from that fuzzy little caterpillar into this glorious flying work of art is an unpleasant memory. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? I think I might have a caller. Hello. Hey, Lynn, it's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. Not to merge these two topics, but um, are the Republicans the, the, um, in the chrysalis phase, are they eating themselves in the soup? <laughs> and will we come out the better end? Will they come out the better end as a butterfly? I mean, we can look at history and say, Look how Rome worked out. But, you know, I guess it's possible. You Well, that requires a level of, um, of optimism that I, I do not possess. Um, you, you but think they are definitely eating go- themselves. They are I, definitely eating themselves. I, I don't know. 
You really think so? You think they're self-destructing? It yeah, sure looks like it. I don't like think on it. purpose. No, it, it looks like it, but to, but I don't know. I don't know. I hope you're the question right. Question is how the question is how bad is it going to have to get? I mean, because even the Third Reich was turned uh, was transformed. It only took six million Jews and hundreds of thousands of gay people and gypsies and you know, second world war and all that to occur. And now look at Germany. So <laughs> it, it does happen. The only well, question is, will you or I be around to see it? Oh man. Well, I mean, we're heading, in, reckoning. Yeah, we're heading in that direction. I mean, there was actually a documentary on PBS uh, yesterday about, um, about, how anti-Semitism is, you know, just shooting up all over, all over the world. And, uh, you know, the Pittsburgh Tree of Life thing, uh, thing, massacre uh, figured uh, in it. Um, yeah, this is all happening. Anybody who knows history and is capable of, you know, thinking for themselves and seeing patterns and seeing how Trump and his uh, minions respond to this kind of, uh, again, it's bullying behavior, it's dividing people, culling certain groups, uh, making people into outsiders who are then blamed for all of, you know, all of the poor white folks' problems. Um, it all, it works all the time. It worked in Germany and it's working here. Look at how Trump doesn't remember. The butterfly doesn't remember? I mean, if the butterfly remembers its previous life, apparently human beings do not. Because I think it's quite clear. I think quite clearly human beings do not. What happens is a generation might remember. But it seems like every generation has to learn all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah. We don't learn from history. In part, it's because we're extraordinarily uneducated and incurious, but also, I don't, I think it's human nature. This sort of whistling past the graveyard. Oh, it would never happen here. Oh, it can't happen here. Do you think Germans thought it would happen there? They didn't know what they were heading into. We always assume, you know, think of, I don't know, we always assume it'll be all right, because for America, generally, it always has, right? We've come out of these cries. We came out of the Civil War. We came out of all these other wars. It seems like thing we gained it through the Depression, we this, that. And we think we're some kind of uh, exceptional people who are never going to have a really bad outcome. Doesn't happen to us. I think it is happening to us. One million or a hundred thousand people dying alone in the hospital room probably thought something different before they died. Yeah. Yeah. Are you watching, and this is on topic, I swear, but are you watching Miss America on FX? No, no, I haven't. Mrs. America, you mean about Schlafly? Uh-huh. Because it no. relates sort of to this. Sure. In that it all started with um, Phyllis didn't want the ERA. And she had to uh, align with the Christian fundamentalists to get a number of people in order to get backing. Mm -hmm. So she aligned with these no, no abortion people, anti-abortionist people, and they um, elected Reagan. And I was looking at the TV and I was like, it's all connected. It, it's all connected. These same people are the yeah. same people who elected Trump. It's all elected yeah. to the little babies. Well, you know, I was thinking, as I said, there's 40%. I, I think that number, you know, it used to be maybe 30%. I think, unfortunately, the number of uh, lunatics, I mean, crazy people, stupid people, easily led people is growing. And I'm afraid that is a result of 
our pretty uh, our destruction of uh, public education, and also um, what was the other thing? What was the other thing? What was the other thing? I can't remember. I'm sorry, I lost my train. You of don't thought. think was... that's not planned either? The, the I don't right? know. I no. I don't. That. I don't. No, but I do think they um, are more dogged than our side. I think they just keep working, and um, they just—they're true believers, and and we're not. They've got that; we don't. And they oh, and I want to say because of technology, because of social media now, these people that used to be fringe, I mean, I'm not saying anything we don't know, now can find thousands, thousands of like-minded people that they can talk to and buttress their, you know, their craziness. Um, and, right. and that never existed before. If the Internet existed uh, in 1930s Germany, oh, my God, it, it, it would have been even more of a nightmare. I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't, those of you who are optimists, God bless you, but I, it, I'm not made that way. I'm, and I'm, I'm afraid even for optimists, this is a pretty rough time. Yeah. Always good to talk to you. Okay. You too. Bye. 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 I want to get some emails in. Okay. Uh, Father Joseph is really bringing out the the heavy artillery. He's sent me a Mahatma Gandhi quote. (laughs) Okay. Mahatma Gandhi, folks. When I despair, I remember that all through history, the way of truth and love has always won. Okay. I will resist. I will resist interrupting Mahatma Gandhi to make a... Okay. I will resist. Back to Mahatma Gandhi. Truth and love have always won. There have been tyrants and murderers, and for a time they can seem invincible. But in the end, they always fall. Think of it. Always. Well, yeah, but why doesn't that give me any? Because the damage they do before they fall. My God, look at our look at history. Look at the innocent souls who are destroyed by these people. And we do it over and over because there is no memory. Butterflies have better memories than us. Father Joseph, I am unmovable in my obstinate pessimism today. Henry writes, Lynn, my wife, my daughter, and I, all three of us, each received two ballots. Yeah, I did too. Total of six. I'm saying this because Pennsylvania, Henry, it's all been taken care of. There's no way. You could send in, you could all send in the six. And believe me, only three are going to count, and there'll be one from each of you. They have, um, you'll see on the, the ballot, it's, there's, there's no, they know this, and it was a an error made, um, I believe, here in, in a county. Uh, but don't worry about it. I mean, I first saw it, too, and, and freaked out. Um, okay. And Henry says, even if you vote out this administration, you can never silence his tweets. Oh, heck no. You know, he'll never go away. The only way we get rid of him is to jail him. And then his minions, the Steve Bannons, the Roger Stones, and uh, the Fox News will uh, make him into a martyr. Or we really don't know. Here's what else can happen. And I've been predicting this for years. Fox News lives and breathes because of this man. Uh, They have extraordinary power. I mean, who does he listen to? Sean Hannity. He he listens to the back and forth, back and forth. It's a symbiotic relationship. But he's starting to complain even about them. 
And it has been said, and it has even been said out loud, I believe, believe by his son, um, that he's just going to get his own network. That'll be Trump TV. And Fox has to know that that's a possibility. So I don't know. They're probably trying to calculate on a daily basis um, how to deal with this threat. Uh, Roll over more and more and more for him. Or I don't know what happens if, in fact, he can take their audience once he gets out. Um, No, there's no getting rid of him. And even if he corporeally is not here, if he dies, again, there's plenty of people quite willing and maybe even more able to pick up the banner and march. They're going nowhere. They've been emboldened. The white nationalists, the racists, the worst of us, the know-nothings. I don't know. And Henry writes, even when he's out of office, the news will continue to drool all over him. Yeah, because he's he's copy. He's good copy. He's outraged because this is how, unfortunately, media in this country work. They can't help it. Their job is to attract you. You think it's to inform you? Well, it's supposed to, their job is to use information to attract your eyeballs, to attract your ears, to attract you. And you do that, obviously, by a circus. You do that by, I mean, people rubberneck at a, car crash, right? If there's no car crash, they don't slow down and look. Keith writes, for some light reading, I think he's being sarcastic, pick up the book, They Thought They Were Free. It was written and published in the 50s, and the author went to Germany and interviewed 10 Germans who lived through the Nazis. A lot of the same themes in this book persist in America today, mainly that a lot of people are simply looking to survive and feed their families, and they weren't really paying attention. That's right. They thought they were free. Uh... The update is here. Oh, it looks to me like we're holding here. 151 deaths. I don't know. God. And guys, get ready for the. I have to tell you that with all those crowds we saw, all those yahoos again, um, every one of them now vectoring out into the world. I think, you know, and what's so absurd is that just as we're being given a little bit of a, you know, open door, okay, venture out a little bit, a little bit, you can do a little bit, and people are because we're, you know, going nuts. And now I think is probably a very dangerous time because of all the yahoos spreading this thing left, right, and center. Um, yeah, here's the quote. Our capital stock has not been destroyed. Our human capital stock is ready to get back to work. (laughs) Okay. God in heaven. Uh, all right. 
so what do I have here? Nothing we don't know. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> sorry to be sighing in your ear. Um, well, I can call it a day. I, I really can. I, I might do that. I know we're we're over the hour. And uh, oh, thank you uh, for being there. And, and I'm sorry if I look, you know, yesterday it's true. I, I didn't mention any of this. And uh, I just, after the, the news yes, uh, yesterday was just so uniformly horrific. And I suspect that's just the new normal. I hate that term. <laughs> so, whatever. Uh, God bless you all. Hang in there. Be smart. Be careful. And if you have it in you, I guess, be optimistic. It wouldn't hurt. You can make up for my, you know, negative vibes. Thank you all. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.